So, and then having fruit as snacks throughout the day and, and you can have some small side salads or, or a big salad, you know, with lunch and then getting something for dinner that's, that's hearty, you know, like, like, like squash or potatoes or lentils or beans or chili uh, or soup or stew or stir fry. And that's where you can add in all these things like tofu and asparagus and kale and, uh, and carrots and broccoli and cauliflower and uh, beans of all different types and uh, all those different things. If that's the foundation of the diet, uh, th that's how you're gonna reach your calorie intake needs, your protein intake needs, your vitamin mineral intake needs and all of that. And there's still room for that that vegan ice cream or whatever it is that's your thing, you know, whatever, whatever it is that, that you're craving, um, that's considered typically more of a junk food. There's room for it. If the, if, if the foundation of the diet is whole food plant-based. And so the only way you're going to know that is by documenting it for a little while. And I know because here's a few examples. I've been doing this thing now a little bit over 27 years as a plant-based athlete. And I've gone up and down, up and down in all types of different sports from being a, a champion endurance athlete to champion bodybuilder, retiring from bodybuilding, going back to endurance running, becoming a champion runner again, even after being a champion bodybuilder, and then going back into weightlifting and, and having control along the way, manipulating muscle growth and, and, and fat burning. And for example, here's how this plays out in just regular everyday life. So when I'm at home and, and doing my thing, working from the computer, um, eating meals at home, having a lot of control over it, I will eat about 3000 calories per day, just about exactly what I expend, which is why I stay around the same 200, 205 pounds all the time. But I notice in my food journal that when uh, friends come to town and we go out and have you know, a bunch of vegan pizza and calzones and maybe you know, soda or whatever is consumed at that type of restaurant, through my documentation, I would notice that, oh, that day, that Friday night or Saturday night or whatever it was, my calorie intake went to 4,500. So I had a surplus of 1,500 calories in a single day. And that's going to carry over for multiple days and add up to my weekly total and all that. And that wasn't a huge deal for me because I knew, okay, Robert, the next day, just go, go hike for you know, 90 minutes um, and, and burn a bunch of extra calories. But for a lot of us, myself included, at numerous times throughout my life, we eat that significant surplus, that extra thousand calories every single day for weeks or months on end. And that's how we, that's how we gain weight. Um, we don't gain you know, 15 pounds overnight. Um, people talk about that freshman 15 in college or the COVID 15 or COVID 20 or whatever, the added weight that many of us experience doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen from one day. It happens from accumulation day after day after day after day of calorie surplus. Likewise, for those of us who are who burn uh, a bunch of calories and lose weight relatively quickly, you know, dropping 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30. Um, I just saw a video of a, a vegan guy today who lost 74 pounds and uh, six months doing the vegan gym program. Um, these things happen through, again, the accumulation of daily activity. You're, you're in a calorie deficit in that case, day after day after day after day. Of course, you lose weight over time. So, um, so that's that's how that works. And uh, regarding uh, the the number one topic that gets asked around this uh, this area of plant based nutrition, we've got to talk about 
protein. There's tons of studies about protein. I know Derek Treesize referenced a, a few of them, um, perhaps um, in his presentation and in the panel that I did a few days ago with Juliana Hever and Derek Treesize, uh, who are both experts in this area. There are plenty of studies now. I've referenced them in my in my book and uh, in articles that I've written, and many others have as as well. Of course, is that um, is is that when you put people on a plant-based diet or an omnivorous diet, as long as they're getting the same amount of total protein intake combined with their exercise schedule, their results are the same. Uh, They've done this study over and over on on, uh, weight training men, on weight training women, on um, lesser experienced athletes, more experienced athletes. The studies are out there now that show unequivocally that, that, you know, to our, to our bodies, the amino acids are amino acids, right? Those are the building blocks of proteins. It's the amino acids that we need. So the amino acids come in the original form from plants. We often eat them through animal flesh, but we can also go to the original source and and just eat them from plants. And those amino acids work together and, and, and build protein and, and help us with all the functions that protein does, which is maintaining our skeletal muscle, uh, building and repairing muscle tissue, helping with our, our skin and bones and tendons and hair and hormone function and all this great stuff that, that protein does. Largely, you know, building our, our muscle mass and protecting our muscle mass and repairing our muscle mass after exercise. So how much of this stuff uh, do we need and, and where do we get it? Well, uh, for most of us uh, who are not very active, 0.8 to 1.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight is, is all we need. And that comes out to like 50 or 60 grams of protein per day for most women, maybe 60 to 70 grams of protein a day for most men. Now that's for inactive people, very easy to reach because of the, the, the breakdown, you know, um, four calories per gram of protein, four calories per gram of carbohydrate, nine calories per gram of fat, seven calories per gram of alcohol based on the totality of our food intake. Uh, if you eat any kind of diversity whatsoever, if you reach your calorie intake needs, you will reach your protein intake needs. That's the thing that I've been talking about seemingly for decades, that we don't need to obsess about uh, about protein consumption, one particular macronutrient, when most of us already get enough of it. Most of us already get enough protein because to reach those numbers, 50, 60, 70 grams a day, it is so easy to do. That's not, that, that we all do it. Uh, most people, including almost everyone listening here, perhaps has probably never met anybody in real life with a real clinical protein deficiency. It just it typically doesn't happen except for starving populations and people with eating disorders and those maybe living in food deserts or just don't have access to adequate calories for whatever reason, economic challenges, regional uh, location challenges, um, uh, other restrictions that, that prevent proper access to food. Those are really some of the only ways you'll get a real clinical, like a clinical assessment. Okay, this person is suffering from protein deficiency, which is typically a byproduct of calorie deficiency or, or some sort of eating disorder where the food is just not being totally digested or consumed um, and not in adequate amounts. But everybody here, everybody here 
knows more people than you can probably count who eat too much protein, have, a, have an excess protein intake. It, we see it because it, we, we wear it. It, it, it turn, we get, it's just ex, excess calories, excess body fat. We're seeking all this extra protein. We load up on the high protein foods, um, meat and other animal protein. And what comes with that? Comes with, what comes with that are tons of oils and processed breads and sauces and dips and mayonnaise and, and salt and all the things that come in those packages, whether it's a burger, a sandwich, pizza, what, you know, I don't know, um, meatloaf, whatever it is. And so uh, we have to look at the, how we consume this, this protein. And for many people who do consume animal protein, what they're getting is a whole lot of extra uh, fat, a lot of extra calories, a lot of extra dietary cholesterol, and all these things. And that adds up and that adds up to this calorie intake that is now 4,000 calories a day, 5,000 calories a day. And we wonder why we can't lose weight, but we've reached our protein intake goals, right? There's also a lot of harmful um, components often of, that come along with the, uh, the baggage with the, the types of proteins um, that we consume. It might be class one or class two A carcinogen as in, in the course, uh, in the case of um, red meat and processed meats. It could be lots of extra dietary cholesterol, the Achilles heel of the American diet. Um, it could be just tons of excess calories or, or things that damage endothelial cells and create a more likely uh, increase of plaque buildup in arteries, restricting blood flow and possibly leading us uh, closer to a, a cardiac event. So we have to look at, you know, what, what are the sources of the protein intake? And when we go with that animal protein intake route, of course, we're not consuming fiber, which is only found in plants. And 97% of Americans don't consume enough fiber. So at the moment, largely in many cases, not, not, not exclusively, but in many cases in a quest to consume more protein, we've ended up with a society, at least currently in the US with 73.6% 73.6% of Americans being overweight and 42.5% being obese. And that is not to body shame anyone, of course. That's to sound the alarm that this excess calorie intake and lack of activity and, and typically the nature of those calories in excess are very likely leading us down a path where we, we might be closer to a cardiac event or uh, or contracting uh, type two diabetes or hypertension or um, or the other uh, consequences of obesity, um, joint pain, fatigue, uh, uh, all these types of things, uh, uh, damaged arteries, you know, you name it. So what we got, what we need to look at is that um, our intake, our protein intake needs are pretty low, 0.8 to 1.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. But for active people, you know, athletes, let's say, uh, or very active people, those protein intake needs go up quite a bit. They go to about 1.2 to 2.0 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. So they're, you know, they're nearly double, uh, nearly double the 0.8 to 1.2, going all the way to 2.0. And so now you're talking about a protein intake need for very active people, people who are running, cycling, weightlifting, playing team sports, three, four, five, six days a week. Now you're looking at closer to like hundred grams of protein um, per day, uh, which is still very easy 
to attain. In fact, that's about the very high end of what I what I consume on a daily basis. I consume mostly 70 or 80, 90 grams of protein a day as a, a 200 pound or 205 pound uh, male who trains uh, four or five days a week with, with uh, resistance weight training. And so it's very, very easy to reach those protein intake uh, needs and intake goals. And so the way you do that is by look without and without using um, supplementation without using protein powders and um, isolated proteins and, and supplement form is that you look at the more protein rich foods, things like uh, soy foods, tofu, edamame, tempeh, soy milk, those types of foods, fantastic food for protein and for building muscle and fighting off disease and, 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 and helping a uh, healthy heart and, and even preventing certain types of cancers, or at least fighting against those types certain types of cancers and in, in, in research, soy is one of the best things that we can consume. Um, I mean, it really is for just health, wellness, muscle building, maintaining muscle structure and all of that. So incorporating those types of foods, um, other legumes, other types of, of beans of all types. Yes, beans are still mostly carbohydrate, but they're also, also very closely related to longevity and health and wellness and their decent uh, uh, source of protein as well. Same with nuts and, and seeds and nut butters and seed butters. Yes, they're primarily fat, but they're a good source of protein too. So you have to um, recognize that and not have uh, too much of them because the fat content, but also understanding that uh, sprinkling walnuts on your oatmeal for the omega-3 and six essential fatty acids and for the, the extra calorie boost or putting nut butter on apple slices or other fruit slices or vegetables or um, putting, the, putting them in a smoothie or uh, having nuts as a snack, um, something like that is another way to boost um, protein intake um, throughout the day. Um, certain leafy green vegetables are, are a decent source of, uh, of protein as are uh, certain foods like pseudo grains like quinoa or even seeds like hemp seeds or chia seeds, which you can you know, put into a smoothie, a smoothie bowl on a salad, um, sprinkle onto other food, uh, easy ways to incorporate this. And, the, and just understanding that every food, no matter what it is, mango, oranges, cucumbers, they all have amino acids, the building blocks of protein. Some just have larger amounts than others. So with the whole holistic approach, the diversity of all the nutrition you consume every day, all those amino acids pool together and, and form the, the protein and uh, get you the protein that you need um, throughout the day. And so in my experience doing this for decades and, and as, a, as, as a bodybuilder and as an athlete and as a weightlifter and all of that and doing it for the last decade without sports supplements, yes, it can easily be done on a whole food plant-based diet or a mostly whole food plant-based diet with some processed foods in there as well, like sandwiches, wraps, burritos, all those different types of things. And, and I do incorporate, um, those, I had a couple sandwiches, uh, yesterday, for example, when I was, while I was traveling out here in Oregon. And so, um, all of that combined easily helps you reach your protein intake goals. And so just keep that in mind, um, keep those numbers in mind, what your true protein requirements are, uh, the different types of sources of protein. And the fact that, if you reach your calorie intake goals, you should by default reach your protein intake goals as well. 
So people were asking about the, the calculator, the it's Harris Benedict calculator hyphen. So it's Harris hyphen Benedict calculator. I've been using it for over a decade. I wrote about it in my book, shred it, which helped a lot of people understand this a lot better. Uh, I wrote about it in plant-based muscle and I wrote about it again in the plant-based athlete because that's the starting point. So using the Harris Benedict calculator, gender, age, height, weight, and activity level, how many calories are you actually burning? Once you know that, then you use chronometer or my fitness pal and track what you eat during the day. You say, oh, wow, those don't match up at all. No wonder, no wonder I can't lose any weight. Uh, I've tried for years and years. No wonder it didn't work or no wonder I, I was trying to build muscle. And I thought maybe it was just my genetics. I couldn't do it. I was born to be a runner, not a weightlifter. I'm not built like a football player or whatever. You can change that. Um, certain things, genetic structure, you know, you may not, you're not, not going to be able to change, but um, I certainly didn't imagine when I was 89 pounds in eighth grade that I could be a 220 pound uh, champion bodybuilder uh, lifting some pretty heavy weights, but that happened over time through adaptation and, and being able to manipulate and change my physique over time. Uh, nor did I think that after being 200 pounds or so that I could drop down and be a champion distance runner again at 160 pounds, but I was able to do that too. And obviously I'm just one person, there's millions of people do this all the time, having control over their outcome. So let's talk about, uh, well, we talked about, I was going to talk about supplementation. Maybe I'll quickly, I think most of you know the calorie density and nutrient density. I'll just really quickly go over that because that, well, we're still talking about um, meal plans and putting foods together. Um, this is, uh, to me, just incredibly helpful and, and super useful. And I think about it a lot. So you're probably familiar with the calorie density scale um, and uh, how many calories per pound or per cup or per unit. I use per pound. It just seems to be the easiest. So just really quickly, quick overview. On one end of the spectrum, you get leafy green vegetables that are, that are about 60 to 100 calories per pound. We'll just say 100, round up. So 100 calories per pound for leafy greens. Is that a lot or a little? It's not very many at all. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, oil um, and pure fats are 4,000 calories per pound. So 40 fold. So what does that mean in, in, in real life? So if you have a bowl of salad and you cover it with an oily dressing, you're eating a food that's probably 80 to 90% fat. It's a 90% fatty food your salad, more than a pizza, more than a burger, more than most foods we consider junk food because of the, the, the amount of calories that are coming from fat. Your, your, your salad is only going to be a, a very small amount of calories, what, 50 calories, 40 calories in the whole thing, but then hundreds of calories, perhaps of oil in your salad. Now you have this 90% fatty food and we think of it as a health food. Oftentimes, look, I ate a salad today. Um, and Yes, there's some benefits, obviously, to the, the eating the leafy greens and all that, but that's sometimes how we get a little bit tricked or we fool ourselves, um, where it didn't really add up the way that we hoped. Um, we gave ourselves a pat on the back for eating a salad, and, and many of my omnivorous friends, for example, will have like ranch dressing, chicken, Parmesan, and they're eating this healthy salad, so they think, but the calories are through the roof, the cholesterol is high, the fat is high. The animal protein is high. 
you know, the, the artery damaging, artery clogging material is high. And they just got a few calories from the leafy greens and from the plants. It's primarily 90% of the calories from the ranch and the chicken and the cheese. And so we got to look at it that way. Uh, along, along this scale, um, 200 calories per pound uh, over here for vegetables. So leafy greens are 100, but most cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, foods like that. Most common vegetables, carrots, et cetera, be about 200 calories per pound. On the other end, you have nuts and seeds at 2,800 calories per pound. Okay, so significant difference there. And so that's why we try to limit nuts and seeds and nut butters and seed butters to some degree because they are so calorie dense. I mean, after oil, they're pretty much as, as rich as you can get in calories because then you move over to 300 calories per pound in fruits. And then you go to junk food, pastries, donuts, cakes, candy, whatever. On average is about 2,300 calories per pound. And remember that's the kind of food that fuels America. That, that's the American diet or the Western diet is junk food. It just is. I don't care how much fruit you eat, how many, how many salads you're eating, how many leafy greens, it, it matters where the calories come from. And junk food is so calorie dense. Uh, soda, um, anything boxed and packaged and, uh, you know, preserved and covered in oil and all that stuff, all uh, restaurant food, most things we consider as hearty meals, um, anything, crackers, chips, packaged goods, that's all in that category of junk food. And that, that is that truly, that is the foundation of the American diet. It's not vegetables, not fruit. It's, it's not even meat. Does not meat, milk, and eggs. That's 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 part of it. But what we call junk food or highly processed foods or uh, refined carbohydrates are you know in that category as well. Very 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 calorie dense. And then you get the food like like uh, like potatoes and oats and rice and beans and all that. They're three hundred fifty to five hundred calories per pound. We'll kind of lump them together at five hundred calories per pound. This to me is the ideal category 